When April with the showers sweet with fruit, the drought of March has pierced unto the root, and bathed each vein with liquor that has power to generate therein and sire the flower. When Zephyr also has with his sweet breath quickened again in every holt and heath, the tender shoots and buds and the young sun into the ram one half his course has run. And many little birds make melody that sleep through all the night with open eye. So nature pricks them onto rampant rage. Then do folks long to go on pilgrimage and palmers to go seeking out strange lands to distant shrines well known in sundry lands. And especially from every shire's end of England, they to Canterbury wend. The holy blessed martyrs there to seek, who helped them when they lay so ill and weal, befell that in that season on a day in Southwark at the tavern as I lay, ready to start upon my pilgrimage to Canterbury, full of devout homage. There came at nightfall to that post release some nine and twenty in a company of sundry persons who had chanced to fall in fellowship and pilgrims were they all that toward Canterbury town would ride the rooms and stables spacious were and wide and well we there were eased and of the best and briefly when the sun had gone to rest so I had spoken with them every one that I was of their fellowship anon and made agreement that we'd early rise to take the road as you I will apprise. But nonetheless, whilst I have the time and space, before yet farther in this tale I pace, it seems to me accordant with reason to inform you of the state of every one, of all these as it appeared to me, and who they were, and what was their degree, and how they arrayed there at the inn, and with the dig thus, I will begin. Hello and welcome to another season of Tree Fort. I'm Douglas Bowles and this is 42 Minutes, a weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day, a production of SyncBook Radio and distributed by thesyncbook.com. You can find our archives at 42minutes.com and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at SyncBook. It's Tuesday, March 7th, and that means our March Music Showcase is underway. It's the time of year when the show exclusively covers the artists performing during the upcoming Treefort Music Fest, March 22nd through the 26th. We begin this year's showcase by meeting up with the band that will be closing down the Olympics Saturday night, The Dig. From the beginning, The Dig have been a classic band's band and a true collaboration. Three longtime friends, three songwriters, two singers in a true dual frontman setup. All individuals, but all woven more and more tightly together as they have evolved in a in a world that rewards drama, reckless moves, and often overwrought narrative twists, the dig have bucked the trend by focusing on, well, the work of writing song after song to cast off more than they keep and keep only the best. The dig do a lot, and they do it the right way, building brick by brick, writing constantly, touring steadily, and most crucially, pushing themselves creatively to make better and better records, which brings us, of course, to... Bloodshot Tokyo, their newest album released this past February on Roll Call Records. More information about the band and the new album can be found on the website thedigmusic.com. I'm speaking today with Eric. How are you, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good, Doug. Uh, thanks for taking the time to interview you, me and the band. Um, kind of uh, 
coming off a six show hangover. So, um, just kind of re-energizing. Yeah. So where, where, uh, you said yesterday was a day off. Yeah. Yesterday we have, we had a day off. Um, our last show was in DC at black hat. And so, uh, today we have a show at the pin hook in Durham, North Carolina. And, uh, we just kind of slept in a little bit yesterday and, uh, drove down, uh, to Durham last night. And are you touring with anyone on this, on this tour? Or are you guys just out playing a bunch of shows on your way to South by Southwest? Um, we are touring with another band, um, a band called communist daughter who we actually played with years ago in Chicago. And, uh, we just remember them being an awesome band from that, from that experience. And then from there, uh, we set up this tour, which wasn't necessarily uh, scheduled for South by Southwest. It was just kind of South by Southwest happened to fall in line with the release of our album. And we wanted to do a headlining tour right out of the gate for the release. And so uh, it just kind of conveniently worked out that South by was um, a part of that. And uh, so, yeah, Communist Daughter was one of the bands that wanted to go on the road with us and play some shows. And we, we thought that they'd be a great fit. And it's so far it's been a lot of fun. Have you uh, undertaken a tour of this magnitude before? Um, yeah, we've done a lot of touring actually. Um, I'd say we've been touring pretty steadily since 2009 is when we really started to tour um, with kind of like a, maybe a year and a half to two year lapse so that we could record this album, Bloodshot Tokyo. So this is, this is probably our most extensive headlining tour where, where we're just kind of going out with one other touring band and, uh, kind of doing it ourselves in terms of just, you know, uh, it being primarily about our band. Okay, so we'll introduce us to to the band. Who who are the players and and what do they do? So we have Emil Moseri who plays bass. Lot well, actually nowadays we kind of just all switch instruments, so it's not even really fair to say. But when we first started, Emil was played bass primarily and sang and wrote songs. And then we have David Baldwin who, when we first started, played guitar. Uh, sang and wrote songs and then um, they had met actually when they were 11 or 12 and they had grown up together played bands in high school and then we formed the dig when I met them when I was 17 I think when I met them and uh, so it was years ago maybe it must have been um, I guess like 25 years ago or something that we or sorry 15 years ago when we first met and uh and so then uh, I play at the time played keyboards and a little bit of guitar and wrote songs with them. And then uh, then uh, now we have well, now we're playing with Mark Demiglio who plays drums in the band. Um, we had a couple other drummers before him, but now Mark's been in the band for about four or five years now. So. And so then do you find that, I mean, so oftentimes people start bands all the time and there's this kind of like uh -huh. threshold that, you know, they can do maybe a year or two, but then does it does it get easier the longer you guys do it, or is it is it uh, a lot of work no matter what? 
Um, that's a complicated question. Just, I think in some, in some ways it gets easier in terms of being able to predict somebody else's in the band, their taste and almost what they're going to like. So as you're writing, you, you, you almost know whether or not someone else in the band is going to like it. And in a certain sense that that can be a good thing because it creates a cohesiveness. And I think um, on that note, we're just kind of lucky that a lot of us have the same taste in, in music, which makes it a little bit easier. But I think as it, as it keeps going, I think it gets another way that it gets easier is that uh, we're not 18 years old anymore. So we can kind of solve our disputes in a more humane way, I guess. <laughs> and uh, that makes it, that makes all the difference in the world not to have this sort of uh, intense frustration and which there is oftentimes, but in a, in the, in ter- this, this uh, overhanging sort of uh, immature sort of figuring that, that just, I once couldn't get resolved now is a little bit easier to kind of deal with that. So in that, in that sense, it gets easier. And then I think it gets harder in a sense of just like doing this and like, uh, committing to it for this long. Um, even though we're all extremely excited about the record and we, we think this is probably the best music that we've ever written. Um, uh, it's, it gets difficult to, do this one like it, I feel like it's such, such a difficult project to uh, uh, commit to, and it takes so much time and effort to really kind of do it in the right way to where you're like exposing the music and and getting the most out of it and sharing it with the most people and having it be more than just for us but to, to share it with as many people as possible, that that's a difficult process. And I think the longer you do that, uh, the harder it is to really just make that your life, which, which pretty much we've all done. So then in, in terms of like day jobs, do you guys, are you able to do it without day jobs? Or is that one of those things that you go through moments where you have jobs to get by and then and then you go on tour for a while and then you come back to normal life or how does that work out yeah for the most part we're all kind of doing music for a living um whether it be the band or outside of the band i think we're getting closer to to just i mean the band is pretty much our our full-time job yeah but uh on top of that we all have have to work a lot to, to be able to, to do that as our full-time job, we have to put in an extra amount of work on the side, doing things like commercial music. Uh, David and Emil both write for commercials. And then I, uh, I teach music and gig and playing records and stuff like that. So, and then, uh, so I guess, uh, we're all doing things music related to, uh, you know, for supplementary income in some cases, a primary. Well, in terms of writing, uh, the introduction that I found about you guys mentions that you, a lot of you guys are contributing to the music. There's a really cohesive field of Bloodshot Tokyo. Is that, 
Um, and then even in terms of various singers too, you know, there's, yeah. there's a real similarity to the whole thing. Do, you know, what's what's going on there? Yeah. What's going on in terms of just the process of the writing? And, sure. Uh, and how we arrived at Bloodshot Tokyo? Yeah. Well, um, I think it felt, at least it felt like to me before we kind of thought about writing music for the dig and it was like oh let's oh this song is cool song but maybe this doesn't work for the dig oh and on this album i feel like we just kind of opened our minds and there was there weren't really any rules and then so there were so many influences that were a part of of the songs and like i was saying before as songwriters, we kind of, because we spent so much time together and, and we kind of share the music that inspires us with each other, that rubs off and those influences rub off until you have this cohesive sort of taste in music, which is, is like the foundation of the songwriting. And then you have the outliers of like maybe some of the music that is, special to each of us individually but maybe w the other person might not necessarily be as into that and that's what i think that's what kind of gives it more of a uh a different and unique sort of uh process or th there's kind of a unique thing about each song where maybe one of those influences snuck into that song that whoever wrote uh, was had a bigger hand in writing it maybe that one outlier influence kind of snuck in there or something which kind of gives us gives us each our own individual sort of stamp on the song but uh, i think with this so we we kind of just uh spent two years writing songs only um and we just really didn't feel like we had anything that was cohesive we just kind of kept going and didn't look back and just wrote wrote songs arranged demos and just tried to be tried to make it a little bit more fun and let all of our influences really kind of show and then finally we kind of went away for two weeks and we arrived at this sort of sound that we thought really captured this sort of classic songwriting aesthetic in terms of like neil young and uh harry nielsen and randy newman and those kind of influences, I'm sure everyone uh, is influenced by. And then we also had like this sort of what we felt was like a gospel, soul, P-funk sort of uh, influence that seemed to like tie into a string of songs where we thought like, oh, there's like, after we finished writing a hundred songs or so or whatever it was, there were like certain vibes like, oh, this is kind of more... Uh, otherworldly psychedelic folk or whatever and this is kind of more this or whatever and so there were certain songs that kind of grouped together as as they felt like one album and we we chose to select these songs which we kind of felt really just went together and it just kind of happened naturally are you familiar with the word zeitgeist yes well, i am so there's it's interesting because when i listened to this record i kind of felt like there was this familiarity already, and I think there's mm -hmm. there's like a timelessness or this idea of right. like a classic. I, so, how do you how do you feel about the sound of this record? 
Um, and can you can you qualify it or describe it? Yeah, I I feel like it it definitely has a, a classic feel to it, and I I like to think that it has a timelessness about it. But whether it, uh, I I mean I I kind of feel like whether it's relevant to today's sort of um, ideas is up to other people. So it's kind of hard to say whether or not it'll be a part of what's going on, like sort of the, the aesthetic of today or, or what people are interested in now. I think that's kind of only up to other people to decide that, but we feel really strongly about it. And we feel like there's, there's something modern that is in touch with kind of the overall uh, feelings of today in our society and, but also a classic timelessness to it as well, I guess. Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I wonder, so like the influences you mentioned were, well, all older classic sixties and seventies kind of stuff. Um, Yeah. Is there anyone contemporary that you listen to that you, you consider like, uh, you know, kind of in the same universe as you, as far as what you guys are doing? Yeah, um, there's a new record by an artist named Angel Olsen. Oh, sure. She's playing Tree Park, uh, too. Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, and we we all thought that that was one of the best records that was released. I think it came out in, 2000, in 2016. And it was just, we felt like the songwriting was just so good and the band sounded just very organic. And that was a record that we felt like was kind of at the top of, of newer records that were released. And then if there's uh, Kendrick Lamar, who I think we're all think is great. Um, and then actually there's another artist. Um, it's an artist. His name is Anderson Pock. And he released a record... Uh, with a DJ, and uh, it's called NX Worries. And it's just like this amazing sort of R&B, hip-hop record that's that's just, it's just, it's just a great record. So those are a few newer artists who, who we've been listening to that I could say is a band that we've all kind of taken a liking. Is the Angel Olsen one that you're talking about My Woman, or the one before that? Uh... No, I think my woman is the, well, the, both of her. Right, I guess the one before that is amazing too. But this, the newest one, I think, is probably one that like kind of really blew us away. Now, in terms of, let's see, I think do you guys have a a show the very next day in Portland after Tree Fort. Um. Yes. Yeah. So- uh, I think we have the Portland shows before Tree Fort. Am I mistaken about? No, I think you're in San Francisco on the 20th, and uh-huh. then you have a long drive to Boise, and then the very next next evening, then you're at the Doug Fur in Portland. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I had it wrong on the schedule. Unless, no, I mean, you're the boss. I, I'm just reading what your, uh, your Bandcamp page says. Oh, really? That could be uh, a mistake. Um, let, me, let me look at uh, what the website yeah. says. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're uh, we do the whole northwest run, and then we're then we make our way east in, into Boise. Okay. Um, well, so it, it, I was gonna say uh, Angel Olsen's Sunday night, and so it it doesn't look like you guys will be able oh, to yeah. hang out and see her because I think. Yeah, that's a shame. Um, but I believe David saw her in New York not too long ago on the just after the release of her newest record but uh, we'll get a chance to see her what is it so like the west there's more space and the cost of living is considerably less what is I, I always feel like being uh-huh. a band in New York is the ultimate yeah because everything is so much like the stakes are just so much higher would you agree? Yeah, with that? <laughs> I think I think so. I mean, I think that there's just I think it's, it's it's because there's so many bands, and it's you know so many bands, so many artists. Every you know, I guess maybe there's a I guess if you want to call it a competition, but there's just more more bands, and it, I, maybe it's I guess maybe it's harder to kind of separate yourself from that oversaturation of, of music and art. Um, and of course, it's just like more expensive, so yeah. it's harder to, to live. But we've all kind of figured out ways to make it affordable um, for ourselves to, to keep doing it. Um, and But at the same time, I don't know that if we had the same music and we lived in, uh, let's say... Uh, you know, Bowling Green, Kentucky or something, where actually there is kind of like a little artist on right there. But like if we lived in a smaller city somewhere else, I don't know that it would be as exciting to people who have the ability to kind of put our music in front of people. So in the same, in the same way that might be more difficult to live in New York with all of the other bands and all the other artists that are that are there, I think like for someone who's listening to your music and discovering your music on Spotify, if they read about your band and they, they find out that you're from Brooklyn, I don't know, maybe to some people that might be more exciting and they might, I don't, I just don't know that we'd have the team that we have working with us if we didn't, if we weren't from Brooklyn. I, I have no idea. What about rehearsal space for bands is that hard to come by or are there a little like artists yeah. artist enclaves where you can rent spaces i mean so your wikipedia says that you guys used to rehearse next to the strokes is that true we did actually our drummer had his own rehearsal space which a lot of sharing goes goes on in new york and so people will rent out these uh, rehearsal spaces which are really expensive and they'll kind of uh distribute hours amongst the people who are renting or subletting. And so our drummer had a space when we first started playing as a band before we had even released any music. Um, and we were rehearsing there in the music building on in Manhattan in Midtown. And the Strokes were rehearsing right next door. And uh, one time Julian came in and uh, said hi and said he liked some of the some of the music that was coming from there and he came out to a show and everything so it was cool but um yeah and then so now we rehearse in Bushwick 
or yeah, East East Williamsburg, Bushwick. Um, and we have a studio space there, which we split with another band, but you know, like they do daytime, we do nighttime. So it's kind of nice. We can, it's kind of our space. Uh, it's, 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 I think it's necessary to have, you know, some other band in there with you just to make it affordable. Cause it is kind of crazy and they can get away with not always upkeep. Isn't always a main concern for the people renting out the space, but, uh, yeah, it's it's difficult, but uh, you just have to basically, I think, share. Yeah, and then Wikipedia also says that people compared you to the Strokes, which, boy, I, I just don't mm-hmm. hear. I don't hear that at all. Yeah, we never really understood that too much. I think uh, when we first started playing as a band, we were just kind of playing more straight-ahead rock and roll music. Ah. Um, and so maybe... Uh, maybe they saw a show or something or um i'm not really sure but we that wasn't really something that we ever thought was a was a true maybe it's because we rehearsed next to the strokes yeah and then because we were playing more straight ahead music at the time they just made their own they drew their own conclusion and and kind of somehow that affected the way they heard the music something i'm not really sure yeah yeah I mean, the Strokes are a great band. Sure, but, uh, yeah. Just, we just don't feel like we sound like them. But, it uh, feels like another generation, though. It's like the Strokes were... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it and uh, I mean, I, I see that you went on tour with Portugal the Man. I would say that you there's mm-hmm. more similarities there than with the Strokes. Oh, yeah, probably because we're, you know, closer to the same age and we probably have the same modern influences. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't say that we, uh, really sound like them either, but, uh, they're actually our good friends. And, uh, their new single is really cool, by the way. Um, or actually, I think they released their album now. I think it might be out, but, uh, yeah, I need to check that um, out. Um, yeah, yeah, it's cool. So um, what are the but, ones uh, that people say, oh, yeah. you guys sound like these guys, and you're like, what are you guys talking about? We don't sound like that at all. <laughs> well, we kind of have a rule. It's not a rule, actually, but I just, I guess, personally, I never like to mention any other oh, bands yeah. that are current because uh, I would rather people just kind of make their own minds up about that. And also, I just I just kind of feel like we have our own thing going on, just as Portugal the Man has their thing going on or or Angel Olsen has her own thing happening and, and so on. So, um, I don't know. I don't really feel like there's a band in particular that we, uh, look for, for inspiration that from that, from like today's time, other than just like listening to it and appreciating it and thinking that it's, it's great, you know? So on tour, do you guys, in in terms of, uh, the kind of music you guys are listening to, uh, you all, Mm -hmm. you're all on the same page. You don't have any wars. Someone's not into like (laughs) (laughs) gangster rap and wants to shut everyone else down. (laughs) No, we all, we all love gangster rap actually. (laughs) Oh, perfect. So luckily, luckily there's no, I mean, there are, um, we've, we've gotten exposed to some different stuff. Uh, our, the person who helped us made our record, uh, Matt Bazile, who has his own studio in, in uh, Brooklyn. He's also kind of like helped us produce the record and he is on tour with us. He's kind of just basically another band member, but he's helping us with uh, front of sound and tour managing. 
he's been really getting us into this uh jj kale who wrote after midnight and uh but if i i just never really heard some of his, his more deep cuts and that's been awesome to listen to every day constantly <laughs> but uh um and then uh our drummer mark uh we usually we his name's mark and so when he puts on his music, we call it Malarkey Radio Hour because uh, sometimes his uh, taste is questionable. But no, but no, he's Mark is a great drummer and and listens to cool music too. But we just kind of tease him about it a little bit. Well, have you guys ever played Boise before? Um, no, I don't think we have actually. Um, I think it's. I think we might have only driven through Boise maybe once that I can remember. Uh, we No, we've never been to Boise. And then have you heard any anything about the Tree Fort Music Fest at all? Um, not until um, not until recently, but it looks like an amazing festival. It's it's really a lot of fun. It's a seems lot like, of great bands. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's fun to kind of watch all you guys crisscross across. seems like springtime tours is one of these things. Music season starts and everyone... They have new albums and stuff, and then they go on tour, and it'd be a fun way to to make new friends for a while, I would think, to be a touring musician in the springtime. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Well, so have you guys, you said the South By wasn't something that was planned, but have you guys played that before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have um, a couple times in the past. And uh, it's not something that we really look forward to um, just because it's kind of a mess. And our setup is a little bit more complex now. And it's it's nice to kind of like take your time and get a sound check and set up and, and not have to worry about like, you know, sort of the, the kind of uh, uh, find a way to load your gear in from three blocks away and play a 25 minute set and you hastily throw your gear on stage. And that whole thing kind of is kind of annoying, but um, I think this year we have some, some, some pretty cool showcase. So I think this year will be a little different. So I think we're actually kind of looking forward to it. Cool. And so then um, like today you said day off, you guys are kind of all spread out uh, yeah, is is part of that? I, I'm guessing is that a tour van is a pretty dense space, and that you're all up in each other's minds for hours and hours on end. So what what do what do you guys yeah. do? Do you, are you guys readers? You go and watch uh, like binge watch TV shows or stuff, or what? Do you oh th- yeah, I think all of the all of the above. I think you're exactly right. We we're all. Um, in the condensed space in the van and it's hard for us to get away from each other. And sometimes people need space from each other. And so it's kind of nice to like, you know, get some exercise, go do your own thing, go eat, go find a coffee shop and read a book by yourself. Go watch the next episode of crashing or something on HBO or, you know, whatever, whatever we might individually all want to do. Go, go, Okay, if the pool, if the, if the uh, hotel has a pool, which this one does, we're lucky and we can go kind of do our own thing. 
I mean, so like that's something that I I don't think mortals consider. Like the idea of eating, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> eating on the road. Do what, right. what are the hacks for that? I mean, in terms of not, do you guys do fast food every day or? Uh huh. Well, try... we used to, yeah. but that's not. We don't do that. We're pretty. We're pretty conscious of of trying to stay healthy now, and uh, so. Um, we'll just look stuff up. I mean, occasionally there'll be the time where you have to, you know, you'll be at a travel plaza or something and you just kind of have to eat what's available. Right. And you just make the best, best choice from there. But usually if we pull into a town somewhat early, um, either the venue will be attached to a, a restaurant or we'll get a recommendation. We'll, uh, try to find a good restaurant and eat some healthy food. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and and so then, uh, how has this tour been so far? You said you were like you're, you're decompressing after six straight days. Mm-hmm. Do they start bleeding yeah, into each other, or you know what is it like? In a way, uh, they kind of do, but especially for this tour, because all the tur- the turnouts have been pretty similar. They've been pretty good turnouts at every show, and uh, it's been a lot of fun, really. Um, so, I mean, we had our biggest show in New York, uh, at Musical Williamsburg, uh, last week, uh, last Saturday, and, uh, we went up into Canada for the first time in a while, and that was great, um, and we, we played Rochester, New York, which we've never played before, and, and we just had a great show there, so, overall, the, the performances have been a lot of fun, and touring with Kami's daughter has been a lot of fun. So um, other than just being tired and needing a, needing a little bit of a break, I think that uh, the tour has been a great tour so far. Well, you mentioned that Emil was a little sick. I think that would be brutal to be like, so your instrument is your body on some level. And then if you're yeah. sick, you like you compro- compromise that instrument. Then uh, the, uh, yeah. the show must must go on. How is he feeling? Is he right? He's doing better now. Uh, I think he's getting better. Yeah, it's it's a total bummer to be sick on the road. It's the lousy feeling, especially when it affects your voice. So he hasn't really talked for two days straight now, just to kind of you know hopefully heal his his throat a little bit there. Um, BC was, we had to do some alternate singing things because he was struggling, but, uh, I think he, he looks, but he looks a lot better. He doesn't smell any better, but he looks a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the nice thing, uh, being a few more years in too, when you're talking about being 17 and you know, in your yeah. early twenties, the the fun of being on the road yeah. is like you drink. You know, you play your show, you drink, right. <laughs> and yeah. then you get up. <laughs> you, are are you guys? I mean, of course, you're rock stars. You're on the road. Mm-hmm. One of the perks is is free booze, but you know. Yeah. Is is, is uh, are you guys? Do you? Uh, how, you know, we're all we're all moderate drinkers. Um, some of us more like to drink a little bit more than others, but, uh, the most important thing is that we keep it together for the show Yeah. and that everyone's a, pro- a professional and everyone plays their parts and like puts a lot of passion 
and energy into the show. Um, and that and anything that happens after that is anyone's decision. Uh, it's just like naturally our, your, our bodies would not be able to withstand. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, excessive partying. Maybe we're not rock and roll in that, that way. I think we're kind of uh, lightweight in that department. But there's times where we have days off and we'll explore and and maybe get into some things that uh, and have a little fun. But uh, primarily, it's just about the music for us. Yeah. All right. Well, we're starting to kind of come to the end of this. Uh, we're kind mm-hmm. of we're entered into a new a new reality, is how it feels to me. But I'm just wondering, yeah, as someone who uh, travels across the country and sees a lot of different people, you know, yeah, what what is the temperature of what what is the mood of the country like right now? in this new landscape I'm, that we find ourselves in. What is the mood of, uh, what? I'm sorry, I missed that. Well, just, you know, uh, politically speaking, we're kind of, we're in a new yeah. time, and I, uh, what are the crowds like these days? Are they cutting loose, or, you know, is there a somberness, or how do you yeah. feel about the country right now? Well, I, I feel like there's, I know that I'm, I feel like I'm in a very constant state, I'm in this perpetual state of anxiety and uh, in terms of when I have time to kind of sit down and reflect a little bit um, and I feel like all of us in the band are kind of like that and I mean it's impossible not to talk about it every day which is partly why we're in this mess to begin with because we couldn't stop talking about it from when it's when it happened when it first started happening and a lot of people saw it coming, but anyway, I, I feel like the shows are an opportunity and, and art and, and our music and making this album, releasing this album. And it's a way to escape all of that and not to be apathetic, but we all need to kind of just escape from reality. This, especially this reality, the new reality, as you put it, and kind of, I think, um, uh, immerse ourselves in art and culture and relationships with people, meaningful relationships with people. And I think we, there has to be time for us to, there has to be, we have to be able to set time aside to do that in order to remain sane and in order to remain happy. And I think that's really important to do. And I feel like at our shows, I haven't really felt the, that, anxiety i haven't felt from the audience or from every once in a while maybe we'll discuss it with somebody at the merch table or something like that but it doesn't really seem to be an issue at our shows which i think is kind of nice because i mean if you look back in history at some of the our country's most destitute times the great depression you know jazz music was a huge release film and and music and art was a huge release for people. And it doesn't mean that we have to neglect the problems or, or, or have an apathetic, an apathetic attitude towards what's happening, but we do need a release and we do need to focus on art and music and relationships. I think. Cool. What does bloodshot Tokyo refer to? Is that honestly? Yeah, honestly, it's kind of, uh, um, well, it was a song that Emil had written that 
we didn't feel necessarily was right for this album, but we really liked the title of it. And it wasn't so much that it had like a direct meaning to anything. It just kind of had more of an aesthetic to it and an attitude. Yeah. And we just felt like it just fit with the music and we just liked the way it sounded. Cool. All right. Well, that was 42 Minutes. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's fun. You bet. You've been listening to Eric from The Dig on 42 Minutes, a production of Syncbook Radio and Syncbook.com. Be sure and check out Bloodshot Tokyo, available at their website, thedigmusic.com, as well as their Treeport gig Saturday, March 25th at the Olympic. For more information, I need to double-check and make sure that I got that right. Saturday. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, I think, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> okay. Um... For more information about the Sync Book, our guests, check out past shows or just subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. Please be sure and visit our website at thesyncbook.com. If you like this podcast and would like more, consider becoming a Sync Book Plus member. Some of the membership benefits include full access, complete audio archive, discounts on books, behind-the-scenes scripts, bonus audio and video, as well as monthly online hangouts with the hosts. All this and more can be found at thesyncbook.com slash memberships. Membership. Thanks so much. And you're the apple. I'm the tree. You're the honey. I'm the bee. <laughs>